verse 7 through 10. James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Your Bibles. We're going to close up this topic that we've been teaching here at the Resurrection Center. The power and purpose of fasting. Let's go to James chapter 4, verse 7 through 8. In Spanish is the book of Santiago. Thank you, Lord. Santiago capítulo 4, versículo 7 al 10. Amen. Dios es bueno. We worship you. Amen. That looks so beautiful today. Amen. Let's read. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Amen. Give God a round of applause for his word. Amen. I receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. We can be seated in the presence of God. Before we begin, I want to thank everybody who came out yesterday and helped us out to clean. Good team effort. Amen. Let's give them a round of applause for the faithful ones that are here. Amen. Yesterday. Where's my 21-day fasting crew? Amen. Stand up. Amen. Stand up, those who fasted 21 days. Come on. Give them a round of applause. Those who said yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. Yes to God. Amen. God is good. What started as a sacrifice became an act of obedience. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. We are excited. We just finished wrapping up 21 days of fasting. Amen. And the topic was forgiveness. God placed in our hearts to learn how to forgive people and let go of the drama and all those things that are draining us in life that we shouldn't be carrying. We are children of God. I don't care how dirty and filthy you feel. God still loves you. And he still has a plan. Man cannot put a word when God has put a word. So if people have talked bad about you, let me tell you something. God got good news and good report about you. Amen? Because he loved you and he called you. Amen? James chapter 4, verse 7 through 10. Brother James, the apostle, one of the apostles, brought up to the church an understanding of what is to live a life submitted to God. And we've been praying and fasting for 21 days and God has shown us the power and the purpose of fasting. But when I came across this chapter and I reread it after rereading it so many times in my years of minute, uh, as, uh, as being a Christian, I was able to understand something that I didn't understand before. In verse 7 it says, Therefore submit to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Clean your hands from your sins and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let me tell you something. Life is short. And life is not granted. Here today, gone tomorrow. But God has called each and every one of us with a plan and a purpose. We are to submit to that plan and purpose if we want to live a successful holy life. I understand there's times, there's all kinds of temptations out there. But let me refer to you this. Temptation will only make you settle for less than what God created you for. Temptation will make you settle for less than what God created you for. So don't take life for granted. According to a study that was done worldwide, considering the life expectancy from birth, they concluded that the average person will live up to the age of 71. Males will live up to the age of 70, and women, females, will live up to the age of 72. According to a recent study done in 2019, those numbers have dropped. Men are expected to live to the age of 67, and females, or women, to the age of 71. A year from now, I'm going to be 40. 20 years from now, I'm going to be 60. 30 years from now, I'm going to be 70. 30 years from now, 
Did you believe that? I'm not going to die prematurely. That means that whatever is causing me to accelerate my death date, I'm going to stop that. And one of the things that we have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, children of God, that we were not created to carry more than what we're carrying. We are carrying extra weight. We are carrying extra problems. We are carrying so much that God had never designed for you and I to carry. And we're killing ourselves. We have to get to a place in our, in our lives where we have to make our mind right. And make the right decisions. Now understand this church. Life is short. And the reason why I say this is because God has given each and every one of us 24 hours a day. That is 168 hours a week. 168 hours a week times 52 weeks and make up a year is 8,736 hours. We dedicate 40 hours to work times 52. It's 2,080 hours a year that we get to work. Some of us get more. But the average person works 40, 40 hours. We dedicate 50 Six hours a week of sleep, and we're sleeping eight hours of sleep, uh, and getting eight hours of sleep, but most of us, most of us are getting eight hours of sleep because we're so stressed out, we're waking up in the middle of the night, and we're not getting a complete sleep, and we have no idea that we're killing ourselves because we're not giving our bodies the proper rest. So the average person sleeps about, gets about six, uh, 56 hours a week times 52 hours a week, that's 2,912 hours a year that you sleep, giving you 3,744 hours of extra time. My question is, what are you doing with that time? Who are you giving your time to, and who's taking up your time? If you really think about it, at this point in our life, especially if you're over the age of 30, you should have it together by now. Stop giving time away and stop investing time and not getting anything back in return. Time is the most valuable thing that you will have in this life. And God has given us time to get to the place that he has called us to. But it's only up to us as his believers and as his followers to discipline ourselves and get there. Now if we have 3,744 hours left, those hours speak of us in more ways than one. Some of us get 40 hours to work. But our mind gives another 40 to work. We're not at work and we're thinking about work. We're not at work, but we're stressed out at work. Even though we're not at work. And many of us are becoming our own worst enemy. I learned this. The moment that I leave work, I get amnesia. I don't know where I work. I don't even drive by the place where I work. I'd rather take a long road in the city of Springfield. But it, it, it takes me out of that zone and it brings me into the zone that God has called me to be in. And that's the zone of being in his peace and understanding that all things work together for good for those that trust in the Lord. Now many of us also give a lot of time to sleep. Even when we're not sleeping, we're sleeping. Have you ever noticed the people around you? They're always yawning. And you're asking yourself, why are you yawning so much? Why am I yawning? It's because we're mentally so tired, so stressed out, and so busy that we ourselves, even going to sleep and getting a good eight hours of sleep, is not enough. 
The Bible teaches us that we are to let go of all of our burdens. To not allow our anger to take over us when we go to sleep with our anger. The Bible teaches us all these trades to help us how to live a life successfully here on earth. We only have one life and that's the only life that you're going to have. After that life, there's no more life for you. And we are wasting our lives devoting ourselves to things that are not benefiting us in no ways, shape, or form. Now check this out. According to a news article released in 2016 by CNN, the article was titled, Going to Church Can Help You Live Longer and Study Safe. Many Americans say that when they attend church, they attend church because it helps them stay grounded and gives them spiritual guidance. That study suggested that the average person that attending church on a weekly basis expanded their life. It concluded that women who attend church more than once a week had a 33% chance more of living in life. What a dosage of medicine, huh? I could have told you that. Read your Bible. Now why is it important to come to the house of God? First of all, when you come to the house of God, it is the place where God meets you. You don't come here because other people come here. So get that out of your mind. God welcomes everyone, including the worst sinners. God loves everyone. God even loves the people you hate. And God is willing to bring the people that you hate to the place where you meet him so that you can understand you need to learn how to forgive and let go. Most of the people today are dying prematurely because of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is the seed of the devil that is planted in your heart so that you can hold resentment and hurt and bitterness. The more that you keep that in you, the more it eats you up and the more it kills you. It is common in America for someone to have a stroke or a heart attack by the age of 53. That is the new norm. I wonder why. The age of 53. The Bible says, according to scriptures, that the issues of life flow from the heart. And God wants to give you today a new heart, a new beginning, a new sense of living and understanding of understanding the things that you don't understand. There are certain things right now in my life that I didn't understand and, and I was asking myself, God, why am I going through this? And God began to reveal them to me when I got into these 21 days and I told God, I am here, I'm in front of you, I'm done, do whatever you need to do because I refuse to continue to live my life this way. And God began to show me all of the hurt and all of the grudges and all of the ugliness that I had in my heart. He went in like a surgeon. He started removing all that stuff out. All of it. Little by little. Sometimes we think that we don't have things in our heart, but in reality we do. And, and if you keep opening doors and not closing doors in your life, you're going to die before your time. And I don't know about you. I, I, I don't want to go yet. I, I still want I still want to see my grandchildren. I want to see my great great grandchildren. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? I, I want to be the best good looking pastor at the age of ninety. I, I don't want no dentures, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. I want to keep my teeth. I, I want I want to continue to do what God has called me to do. I don't want nothing to be taken out of me. I don't want everything to stay inside of me. I don't want no organs removed. I, I don't want to die prematurely. But it begins with your soul. It is in your soul that all things 
come up to surface. And it's in your soul that God wants to deal with you. I know that from the outside we look good. But it's not the outside that matters. It's the inside. The other day, I went to grab an orange at my workplace. And this orange looked good, juicy. Mm. I couldn't wait to bite into it. But I had to peel it first. As soon as I began to peel it, it was rotting. It was so disgusting that I dropped it on the floor and I hesitated to pick it up. But I looked around and I saw people, so I said, I got to pick it up. But I said, how is it possible that this orange looks so good from the outside? But in the inside, as soon as I began to peel the layers, it was rotting completely. Looks can be deceiving. We need to ask God to do a spiritual x-ray in our lives so that we can become better people and we can serve a purpose instead of living with regret after regret and hurt after hurt and pain after pain, disappointment after disappointment. Let it go. God has bigger and better things for you just because God has called you. And man doesn't think about you the way God thinks about you. That doesn't give you the right to give up on yourself. Let men think whatever they want to think. At the end of the day, God has the last word. I'm tired of hearing brothers and sisters complaining about what people are saying about them. I can care less what people have to say about you. Let me tell you something. God has a better report. And we have to step up and say, God, thank you because you made me this way. Maybe people don't accept me because of the way I look, the way I carry myself, the way that I walk, the way that I speak. But I am special and unique in your eyes. And I'm still living and there's still more life. While I was fasting for the 21 days, I also brought up to God all of the things and I asked them as well to help me find the people that I have hurt in ministry and allow me to forgive them. Because sometimes we only think about what people do to us, but we don't think about what we do to people. Hey, am I the only one? No, no, we've done a lot of hurt. We've done a lot of manipulation. And God is a faithful, just God. Meaning that if God is going to cleanse you and make the path right, you also have to make friends with your past. You also have to meet with people that you have hurt and ask them for forgiveness for your own good. It's not about them forgiving you. It's about you being released. Because if someone cannot forgive you, but you forgive them, now they have double on their plate. Because God will only receive the one who forgives from the heart. The one that hasn't received the double. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I don't want to carry the rest of my life with the burdens of the past. And I don't want to make the same mistakes that I made in the past because they cost me highly with interest. And that sucks and that hurts. I don't know about you, but I feel that way about life. I can't. And I know some of you can't afford to make more mistakes. And you're saying, I ain't getting any younger. And, and some of you, Pastor, what do you mean by that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an illustration to demonstrate to you how I know that you're not getting any younger. How many of you have a hard time getting up in the morning? You keep your hands down. Bunch of Bless. I ain't gonna say lazy. Bless. But but how many of you get up in the morning and it's a struggle, right? You go like I. You don't say hallelujah. You don't say thank you, Jesus. The first thing that comes out of your mouth. Oh my God, man! Look at the time. I just closed my eyes. It was 2.30. How come it's 4.30? It makes you want to get up and flip the clock upside down. Am I the only one? I know that. Then I tried to explain that to my boss when I got there two hours late. 
But getting up every morning is a privilege. It's an honor. I, I, I work in a place where I see death all around me. And, and death doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. It comes after who's going to be served. But I don't want death to catch me by surprise. I want to be ready for death. Now look at this church. If God is telling us it is important for us to be in His presence, it is important for us to congregate, and the world is seeing also that as well, why are we making it hard for ourselves? Church shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't. Church is a privilege. Church is where you get the works that you need to survive for the rest of the week. I have to hear the word of God. I have to hear the voice of God. I have to feel God's presence in order to live and function. I'm addicted to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My daughter tells me all the time, Daddy, why do you have to turn everything into a preaching or a lecture? I said, I'm sorry, baby. I'm just connected to a channel. Let, let, me, let, let me change to the other channel. Let me come back down to earth. It's not that we're religious. It's that we have a relationship with God. And when you have a relationship with someone that you love and you honor, you do everything you can to remain faithful. Am I the only one? Am I the only one? Amen? So, during the next couple of weeks, as we get ready for 2020, I want everyone that's in, that's, that, that, that's in business to hear this. Everyone that has a business or everyone that's going into business, I want you to hear this report that God gave me. The next three months are very crucial. And you need to understand this. Okay? There's a recession coming to America that's going to turn quickly into a depression. God has given us the opportunity to pay off as much as we can and try to get out of debt as quick as possible. Now, the reason for that is because America, in more ways than one, has turned away from God. And the only way that revival will come is when the people of God and the people out there acknowledge that God is above all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, not that God is bad, it's that the sin has allowed the judgment to come down to the nation. Now, we can ignore that, and that's okay, but don't complain to God when the time comes and you find yourself in a predicament. So, the goal is for you to ask God to give you the strategy the idea is how to multiply what he has given you and how to be a good steward of what he has released to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In the financial world, the month of October is the physical uh, year of finance. It's not January. And it's so ironic how God showed me that as we just finished uh, the month of Ramadan, which is the Jewish calendar, and they entered to their season of harvest. Rosh Hashanah. Amen. So all of it is connecting. So what God is saying, if you give me, I'll give you in return. And first of all, God doesn't need your money. Let's get that clear. Okay? We give God out of respect and honor because we can't buy God. We can't buy miracles. So if somebody's telling you, give me this so that God can give you a miracle, that is a worker of the devil. The Bible says that there will be many false prophets. Many false prophets in the last day. God doesn't need your money to perform a miracle. God will do it just as. Amen? But there are biblical principles that talks about tithing and offering. So check this out. So six months ago, the Lord started working with me. And, and, and I started to work on a plan how to become debt free. Without missing out my tithes and offerings, okay? Me and Pastor Millie. By the end of October 2019, have cleared up 80% of debt in our personal life. Hallelujah. 80%. And it all started with hearing the voice of God and following the instructions. Now, 80% is a lot of debt. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? To be clear up in less than a year. But it's possible because God has given you the wisdom and the knowledge to be able to discern where's the leak, where's the loophole. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be spending more than what you're supposed to be making. It's got to be the other way around. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because when we have financial struggles, guess what? Our faith decreases. Because now the finances have become a stress. Now we got to get two jobs, three jobs, four jobs, seven jobs. And we lose focus of God. I'm working less and making more now. Because money's working for me. Because I decided to listen to the voice of God. Now God brought a prophet here in, in the month of June or July, was it? July. And he spoke a word over this church on a Wednesday night. And he said that we were going to pay off this building April of 2019. I mean, 2020. That's going to happen. That's going to happen. This building is going to be paid off. This building, we have a remaining years of 16 years on the mortgage. And we're eliminating that in a few months. I don't know where we're going to get the money, but we are excited because I know that God is touching someone who's going to give us that, who's going to plant that seed in here. And then from here, we're going to be building our new building, and we're going to be moving forward because God has told us to expand and grow. I don't know how many of you are happy, but I'm happy. Amen. I'm looking forward to that. God is speaking to us. Before you walked into the church today, we were here an hour early. We were here at 11. And God gave a word. And God said that many of those who came up front, that he called them by their name, they were going to be out of debt in four to three months. Three to four months. I believe that. For those that came in at 12 and missed that, there's still an opportunity. I want you right now to bring your wallets and your purse and lay them in front of the altar. Amen. Quickly, quickly. I'm believing God for a financial miracle in your life. Let me tell you something. God always comes on time. And sometimes God has to do this to show you publicly that he's able to get you out of whatever financial struggles you're going through. It is God's best interest for you to live a life free and clear. It is not God's interest for you to be bounded in debt. Now understand this. In order to make something, we've got to have some kind of debt. But it doesn't mean that debt has to remain there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm going to be debt free completely by the age of 40. Amen, Amen to that. Amen. Amen to that. Amen to that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because I'm believing God that I'm not going to focus and be stressed out on things that don't pertain to me. I'm going to focus on his word. I'm going to focus teaching the people of God. I'm going to love the people of God, but he's going to take care of my financial needs. So if we're eliminating 80% by the month of October, me and Pastor Millie, 80%, only 20 is left. And I guarantee you that by 2020, we're going to be 100% debt free. Everything that we will have, we are going to pay for it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now let me tell you something. I'm going to share this testimony. Pastor Millie, uh, I, I can't take her to these furniture places. or <laughs> I hate them magazines when they come. I, I try to get home before the mail gets home so that I can grab the magazines and just rip them up and throw them in the... And, and then she finds them in the recycling bin and she said, why did you throw that bin? I said, no, it, it had no place it was great, you know. But I would think, you know what I'm saying? But she, she was bugging me for two years for a table. Two years. Let me let it out. And two I years. was like, man, what's wrong with our dining room table? It was black, 
She said it was black, it was ugly, it was, it was oh, messed up. Like, and, and, it's, it's, because, it's because it didn't match the decor anymore. It didn't match the decor. It was black, she didn't like it, it was ugly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you still can sit on the table, sit on the chair, and use the table, still the table, right? Amen? Amen. 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 So she, she was bugging me to buy her a brand new table. So she brought me to this place that I don't want to mention its name because I don't want to give it no promotion because it doesn't promote us. You hear what I'm saying? But she brought me to this place and I, and I saw the table that she wanted and I saw all these digits. <laughs> and I said, you bugging it. Better get yourself a high chair or something. <laughs> and she was walking me through through the table and said, You sit here, Apostle sit here, Ma sit here, Rebecca sit here, the next baby coming sits here, I sit here. And I'm like, Wait, wait a minute. You know, in my mind, I ain't saying this because I ain't trying to mess up the day. Gentlemen who are married, don't say nothing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so she brought me to the place, right? And and you know how these salesmen are, man. Oh man, these salesmen, they good. They always go after the females. They don't go after the men. And he began to speak to us and give us all these lavish words and, and, and try to force us to, to buy. You know, you should get it now. It's not going to be lower than this. And I said, how lower can it possibly be? How high can it possibly be? Like, how many more digits? You like missed like four more digits just to make it a 1-800 digit. You know what I'm saying? Because there were so many digits. Like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm looking at this guy, and I, and I see he's a con artist, you know, because all of a sudden, as soon as he saw the tie, and me coming in there with a suit, he assumed I was a religious man, so he started talking about God. <laughs> Anything to make a sale. And I said, baby, not now. Let's go. Let's go. And the guy said, this is the only time. This is the only time. You can put a deposit. You can put it on credit for six months. And I said, the devil's a liar. <laughs> the number six is the number of the devil. That's two more six. You want two more digits? Amen. So check this out. Tax-free weekend came up. That Saturday, we received two unexpected checks in the mail. Pastor Millie said to me, let's go by the dining room table, but I bet you're going to be hired. And I said, that was a lie. <laughs> we ain't going to pay no more, no less. We went in there, and exactly what came in the mail was exactly for what we got the table for. And not paying no taxes on it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In three days or less, oh, shit. Should have given the advertisement. It was delivered. Now you know the furniture place that I'm talking about. And they got delivered. And, I, and when I was sitting at the table the other day, I was thanking God because God is faithful. Because it might have not been my desire, but it was her desire. And sometimes we're selfish in more ways than one. A happy wife is a happy Lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? She feels good with her table. She shows her table off. But you want to hear something? You can't eat at the table. Just don't get it dirty. 
Now that we came out of those 21 days of fasting, I'm going to give me 40 wings. <laughs> Smother in barbecue sauce. I ain't asking for no napkins. And guess what I'm doing when I get home today? I'm sitting on the table. Give God a round of applause. Very quickly, and we're going to be closing. God spoke to the church to get into a 21-day fast. We started uh, September 8th through the 28th. And there's seven reasons why it is important for you to understand why we need to fast. First of all, God expects you to fast. That's a biblical command. Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 through 18. God requires for you to spend time with Him. Let me tell you something. The more time you invest with God, the less stressful life is. Because instead of you figuring out life, you learn how to live life. Do I need to say that again? Are you hearing what I'm saying? The more you spend time with God, the less important life becomes because you learn how to live it right. That means that you know God's plans for you. And there's nothing that anyone or anything can take you away. And that's from having access to God. Number two, fasting helps you humble yourself. There are too many Christians today that are so prideful. They believe because they have succeeded or have reached a level of success, they don't need to fast. Let me tell you something. Pride comes before the fall. You need God and you need Him every day. Don't be prideful. Humble yourself. When God places in your heart strongly and allows your spirit to connect with His spirit and He tells you it's time to fast, don't hesitate. Begin to fast because tomorrow's not promised to you and you don't know what can happen from here till tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Right now you have it made. The bank account is full. Everything's going right. Things are, things are playing out like the way they should. But in reality, you don't know that you might receive some unexpected news. They might bring shockwaves all over your finances and all over your life that everything that you had planned for six months now is in jeopardy. Humble yourself. When we humbled ourselves and we came before the Lord for 21 days of fasting, God started revealing to me of the financial crisis that America was going to go through in the next coming up years. You don't want to believe me? Read the Wall Street Journal. Read the Wall Street. They're predicting it. The only thing they cannot predict today, but they know it's coming. There is an economical bubble, especially in the housing market. So right now is the time to refinance, get that low rate, get that nice payment, Consolidate as much as you can and don't charge up your credit cards. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Stop making McDonald's, Burger King, Dunkin' Donuts rich. Make some food at home. There's nothing more good than making food at home because you made it yourself. You don't know what they're putting in your food when you go to the restaurants. And I love going to restaurants because I have a wife, prophetically, she's going to love to cook. Every time I go home, every time I go home, oh, before you get here, stop over here. You need to pick this up. I already ordered. I already paid for it. So, what money? What your money, fool? How you get robbed in your own house? I don't get that. My lord. Robbed in your own house. Number three, when you fast, it, it brings you to true repentance. True repentance brings breakthrough in your life. That's why we need to fast. Why? Because we need to repent. We need to repent from the way that we think, the way that we act, the doors that we have opened, the doors that we need to close. We need to repent from that. We need to make a covenant with God and say, God, I will never find myself in a predicament that will jeopardize my life. God is giving you time. God is giving you time. I had to repent 
from a lot of things. And God was giving me time and I wasn't listening. And then one day I decided, I said, God, I'm going to stop because I know that you're asking of me to start spending more time with you and stop giving too much time to other things. And I repented because I was misusing my time. I wasn't sinning. I was misusing my time. Number three, it gives you spirit. I mean, sorry, number four, it gives you spiritual strength. How many of you need spiritual strength? Come on, man. Am I the only one? All right. When you fast, you overcome temptation. Temptation will always make you settle for less than what God created you for. That's what temptation does. And we can't afford that, especially if you're over the age of 30. After the age of 30, you're going to start seeing signs within yourself that the things that you criticize, now you're going to start practicing. For real, Pastor? Yes, like green tea. You're going to start drinking green tea. Just start meditating. Just start putting on candles. All of those things that you criticize, you're gonna you're gonna start putting more bengay. <laughs> you're gonna take your grandmother and your mom's theory of Vicks, and you're gonna smother yourself in Vicks because Vicks takes everything away. Am I the only one that grew up in that generation? Every time I had a headache, my mom said, "Baby." Why do you think I'm so greasy? <laughs> Shiny, brother. My mother smothered me with Vicks. I'm traumatized with Vicks. I try to stay away from Vicks. I had an uncle that put Vicks uh, on the butt of his cigarette. Yeah. I don't know, he ain't living no more. The last time I saw him, he had an oxygen machine. He was standing at the bus stop. And he wasn't smoking. Something smoked him. I'm just saying, number five. Thank you, Chris, for not recording that. I don't want to get in trouble with my family. Number five. When you fast, you become more disciplined. And discipline brings self-control. How many of you, the first week you started fasting, you were having a struggle with the foods that you currently eat every day that are not good for you? I was looking at the cookies, and those cookies was looking back at me, and all of a sudden, I had this image of the cookie monster, and my eyes went in both in different directions like a crab. And I said, I need me some cookies. Let me tell you something, how hard fasting was for me. In my job, they were giving food every day as appreciation. They brought in donuts. They brought in coffee. They brought in pizza. They brought two times. And the smell. You should have seen me. Everybody walking down the hallway. Jose, are you eating? Are you eating today? They got free pizza over there. You want me to go get your plate? I said, the devil is a liar. The second week of fasting, people that I haven't heard from in a while calling me, you want to go to eat? I got you. Oh, man, you give into to that. When people say they got you, I'm in the car with my seatbelt on. You won't even notice how I got in the car, but I'm there. And I said, well, we going to you pay. Hallelujah, that? My spiritual mom called me. I got some mofongo for you. I got some sangojo for you. What you want? It was a tough week. And week number three. Week number three was even worse. And it had nothing to do with food. It was like a spiritual diabolical attack. I got up every hour after the hour last Saturday. That I was asking myself, God, what is going on? 
To make matters worse, before we got to before we got home, we were stuck in traffic for an hour and a half at this Big E. And we didn't even go to the Big E. And then we got home, and then we had to deal with this. And, and, and Pastor Rick was going through something, Rebecca was going through something, I was going through something. I said, you know what, I'm going to continue. And then yesterday we came here on our last day of fasting. And how many were here? You witnessed I, I was laying it right here. I was laying right there. I couldn't move. I was so beat. I, uh, my sinus was killing me. My face was all swollen. My eyes. My wife said, I'm going to take you home. You want to go to rest? I said, the devil's alive. You want to be me? I want to be me because I want to be one of potatoes. <laughs> I could have some old potatoes, you know, during the, during the crash. And, and when I saw that line, I said, rebuke the devil. Let's just have some popcorn. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? But it was the worst. But I learned something. That all things are possible through Jesus Christ. Because we made it. We didn't die. We made it. So we can have self-control. Amen? Number six. Fasting allows you to have guidance and helps you make important decisions. Wow, that's a message in itself. How many of you are making financial decisions or making decisions without consulting God? Stop making decisions going by your own resource. Go to God. Go to God. Go to God. I, I, I pray over my wallet every day. I pray over, I, I, I pull up the screen and I see my financial statements on the account and I pray and I say, God, thank you. God, thank you. Allow me to use this money wisely. Don't let me spend this money. You know what happened to me the other day? I went to Dunkin' Donuts to buy a cup of tea. And this guy had the nurse to say, do you want your change back? I said, yeah, I want my change back. Ten cents? Yeah, ten cents. You wouldn't give me the product if I already had the ten cents? It took him a while to comprehend what I said to him. Well, he went and got me my 10 cents. And I put him right in my savings jar. And I ain't telling nobody in my house where that jar is. I'd rather have the mice get to it before sticky fingers get to it. You know, you know what happened, and I know you know where the change jar is. The other day, she called for a delivery or something, and I said, yo, we got to tip the guy. And I said, well, where are you going? She came downstairs with a handful of change, and I said, I'm going to put my change back. Thank God the guy said it was covered. Number seven. The Bible says confess. Confess, says the Bible. I'm not making you look bad. I'm just confessing. Number seven and the final one. Fasting helps you express love and worship to God. In other words, actions speak louder than words. Don't say you love God and you're not spending time with Him. You gotta devote time to God. I'm not saying that you have to be a religious fanatic. You have to learn how to balance. There's a time for you to spend it with your wife and your kids. There's a time to go to sleep. There's a time to go to work. But there's also a time for God. And sometimes we don't give God out of those 168 hours a week that God gives us. If we only give Him an hour, we think that's enough. No, we need to give Him a little bit more time. Give Him two. Bump it to two. Spread it out around the week. Say, God, I'm going to give you 20 minutes of prayer. Uninterrupted. I'm shutting off the phone. Father, I'm going to give you 30 minutes of reading the Bible. I don't like reading the Bible. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to put it on audio. God, I'm going to give you 40 minutes of worship. You, you know what I do now? I, I, when I leave the house, I leave the worship music on. So when we come back into the house, there's a worship atmosphere. I mean, it's changed everything all around me. Neighbors think that I'm home and they knock it. So I was knocking at the door the other day. I said, I wasn't there. Yes, he was. I heard something. That was me. 
When we express our love and worship to God, we draw closer to Him. We separate ourselves from everyday activities and things of the world in order to spend time with Him. Today is the 29th day of September. We're two days away from entering October 31st. October 1st. And I'm praying, and I'm going to be declaring, can I get my special oil? But everyone that brought their wallets up here, with the exception of those that were here at 11 o'clock, let me tell you something. And I want to share this testimony, and then I'm going to do a prophetic act, and then we're going to pray, and then we're going to be on our ways. Okay. This oil, I want everybody to pay attention to me, comes from the Dominican Republic. There is a lady who's a God-fearing woman of God in the Dominican Republic. Every time a pastor, okay, or a servant of God comes to her house, her Bible begins to pour out oil. That is a sign and indication that that person that's in her house is a man or a woman of God. She grabs a bottle and she begins to pour the oil that's coming from the Bible into that bottle. She sent this in behalf of the, in behalf of the apostles to be given unto me. And I only use this oil when I'm going to do a prophetic act. Now, keep this in mind. The oil is not to be worshipped. The oil is a symbol or an article that represents God's presence. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So don't think that just because you're throwing oil around, that things are going to get right. First, God expects you to get right, and then the oil will do what it needs to do. So everyone that brought their wallets in their purse, I want you to come up here. Okay, thank you. Yeah. But thank you. We're going to make this public. We're going to make this public.